John Millay has found a quiet place, a relatively quiet place at Williams Arena, which is hard to do. Uh, we will be doing a remote here as John uh, continues his his tournament coverage uh, for MSHSL.org and for us, TalkNorth.com. This is Preps Today with John Millay, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. So, John, tell me about your setup and your week. Yeah, Jim, this is the final week of the winter state tournaments. You know, it's six or seven weeks of hockey and dance and basketball and wrestling and skiing and swimming. And it's just, it's a hectic, fun time of year. But uh, I'll be ready for a little break once we're done here. And it's interesting this week, most of these state tournaments are four-day tournaments. The girls' basketball tournament was. So that with the boys' tournament, it's five days. We started Tuesday. And it's, it's kind of a jumbled schedule. In most years, the boys' tournament is headquartered at Target Center, and we did have games there on Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday afternoon. And everything else is at Williams Arena. The Timberwolves have home games Wednesday and Friday night, so the availability was an issue. So we're, we're parked at Williams Arena. Um, I'll be here through the four championship games Saturday night. It's a great week. Um, you know, we'll talk about the boys tournament more ahead here because we're right in the middle of it. It's kind of hard to to give it give it what it what it deserves here. But I want to mention one one coach whose great career is ending this week. I wrote about Chris Fadness. Uh, he's been the boys basketball coach down at Austin High School for 25 years. Uh, he announced a couple weeks ago that this would be his final season. He's 57. He's going to retire from coaching. And they played here Tuesday. And uh, Chris in the post game prep press conference said he regretted making that announcement when he did because it took the focus away from his players. And that's the kind of person Chris Fadness is. He did he don't <clears throat> he didn't want the focus on anybody but his players. And he had a really interesting post-game session. You know, he issued kind of a warning about finding and retaining basketball coaches. He he said we all know we have a shortage of referees. But he's worried about, you know, a, a future shortage of coaches because it's basically a year-round job to be a high school basketball coach. You've got your winter season, which is long. These kids are playing AAU in the spring and summer. They want to have open gyms and camps all summer. So he's really worried about finding and, and retaining qualified coaches. And if there's anybody we should listen to, it, it's Chris Fadness. He's just done a fantastic job down there. Uh, last week, the girls' state basketball tournament was the focus. It was really fun to be to be back to normal. You know, we didn't have normal tournaments last year. We had limited crowds. We're back full more now. And your 2022 girls' basketball state champions are Hopkins in Class 4A, Totino Grace in 3A, Providence Academy in 2A, and Hancock in 1A. And I wrote I wrote every week during the girls' tournament. I'm doing the same thing here at the boys' John's Journal at mshsl.org. I'm not going to go through all those, but one of the really widely read stories I, I wrote during the girls' tournament was about an assistant coach at Providence Academy, a familiar name to, to girls' basketball fans in Minnesota, Brian Cosgriff. He ranks among, you know, the, the best head coaches in the history of Minnesota. He stepped down at Hopkins after the 2019-20 season. And he, he coached there for years, and his team's won st seven state championships. And now he's kind of a, a quiet, understated assistant coach at Providence Academy. Um, uh, you know, he teaches there now. He's a FIED teacher. And it's interesting. I hadn't thought about this, but in, in one of the post games, we're talking to the, to the uh, Providence head coach and some players, including Maddie Greenway, 
daughter of former Viking Chad Greenway. Maddie's an eighth grader. As a seventh grade starter, they were state runners up this year. She's an eighth grade point guard, state champions. She brought, I was asking about Brian Cosgriff. She brought up the name we all know, Paige Beckers, who played at Hopkins, is now a superstar at Connecticut. And Maddie kind of kind of talked about, you know, she, she didn't compare herself to Paige, but she's playing for the guy who coached Paige in high school. And she's really excited about that. She, she wants to keep learning from from Brian Cosgriff. And, and I'll tell you what, if you want to see a dad who is into basketball games, Chad Greenway is your guy. He is standing up most of the game, and he's a large fella um, and a great guy. We know him. He's been on our podcast. and He had so much fun. He and his wife have four daughters. Maddie's the oldest. So there's, there's the ultimate girl dad. Uh, Chad Greenway. And if anybody wants to read more of those stories from the girls and now the boys basketball tournament, you know, I've written items about St. Paul, Como Park, Hayfield, Minnesota, Hancock, Albany, Mountain Iron, Buell, Grand Rapids, and more. You can find all those at mshsl.org. Just want to mention a couple more things uh, from the basketball tournament. We recognized our own Lisa Lissamore, who's retiring next month from the high school league. After 34 years, she's been the director of the girls' basketball tournament for a long time, and along with many other duties. We had a kind of a brief ceremony at center court before the Class 4A girls' championship game. And there's no way to, to sum up what Lisa has done and to thank her. She's just a phenomenal person. We wish her well in retirement. We had another ceremony at halftime of the girls' 2A title game on Saturday where we recognize the MSHSL XL award winners from around the state. This is an award that honors juniors who display. This is what the XL comes from. Excellence in community education and leadership. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great award. And I raved during the girls tournament about the student section and the band from Hancock high school. Their uh, girls won a state tournament. And I, I'm amazed. I mean, I, I don't have high hopes, high expectations for a lot of student sections because they tend to get out of hand and it's not all the, always the greatest sportsmanship. But this was. These kids from Hancock, people are still talking about it. I wasn't the only one. Um, Rachel Bannum is working with Channel 45 on the TV side before one of the games, before their semifinal game. She came down to the Hancock student section, which was right behind me, and told them how much how much of an example they were setting, how much fun it was to see kids have fun without any demeaning chance, no mocking of the other team, no yelling at the officials. Really great. And uh, a couple of my, my colleagues here were sitting each up next to each other at courtside, and we'll hear something from a crowd behind us that it doesn't quite fit with what we'd like to hear, and we'll go, yeah, they're, they're no Hancock, that's for sure. So big kudos to the Hancock Owls. Not only did they have a great nickname, they had a great student section. Most of those students were in the band. Uh, it was really great. So that, that was a true highlight of the girls' tournament. I have a follow-up question. I do want to let people know that you can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all of our shows as they are released. You can go to TalkNorth.com, see all the shows, the archives of shows. If you like a show, you might want to go back, check out some earlier versions, a lot of good storytellers on the network. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And uh, we also have outdoor content and variety content now at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to either a specific show or the network as a whole, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. 
It is easy. And thanks to our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and TCO. We'll tell you more about both of them here in a minute. Uh, to follow up, John, you know, we talk about uh, finding and retaining basketball coaches. Are we talking about um, the stress that's built into the job, keeping people from staying in the job? Or are we talking about more parental and public pressures that are making the job less desirable? You know, Chris Fadness made a couple points. He said when young coaches have young kids, it's hard to commit to this because nobody's making enough money as a coach. You know, mm-hmm. to, to money is not part of this because you're just not, you're making pennies on the hour. But he just said, he didn't talk so much about the stress. It's just that it's year round. There's no break. Um, he, he didn't mention pressure from parents or the community. And he talked about his own coaching staff. One of his assistants left after last season because he, his, he and his wife had a second child. And he just told Chris, I can't do this anymore. I've got to take care of my family first. He's got one top assistant, a veteran assistant. Um, and then he's got a, his, his other assistant. He only has two is a 19 year old who graduated from Austin last year. He's going to community college down there and he's 19 years old. He's coaching two ninth grade teams. And Chris made a great point. We're having trouble keeping coaches in Austin and we have a great basketball program. We win a lot of games and I, I it's, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg. I think I have not heard that concern, but when a guy like Chris Fadness talks about that, I mean, that opens your eyes that uh, this is a concern Ideally, you know, I think we'd all like every high school coach to be a high school teacher or someone who works in the building with the kids. But I think those days are long gone to a large extent. A lot of these coaches, they're not teachers. They have jobs outside, corporate jobs or run their own business, whatever it is. And, and but you got to have these coaches. And, and I, I think certainly I know a lot of coaches who've stepped down and, you know, they've told me, you know, personally, quietly parents drove me out that I hear that all yeah. the time. Uh, Chris didn't bring that up. I don't think he's had any issues. If he has, it's, it's because the parents don't get it with a coach like that. Who's done what he's done. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's probably something that's on the horizon. You know, we've kind of known about this referee problem for years and then COVID really took that up to the top with, with older officials just deciding that's enough. And, and I think we're making good headway in that we're doing a good job of recruiting officials and, and, uh, but yeah, this coaching thing, I, I think it's interesting. I don't know if this is going to be across the board in a lot of sports, but, uh, basketball is one where, and, and volleyball is kind of similar. They're really good volleyball players. They want to play year round junior Olympic volleyball camps, basketball is at that point, I think. So I'm sure it varies from community to community and, and size of the school can make a difference. But yeah, I, I think Chris is right on that. This is going to be something uh, that's going to be uh, coming at us here in the years ahead. Let's talk about adapted floor hockey, some football. We'll tell you about our most valuable teammate for this week. Uh, we'll thank a ref and get to some other other variety of stuff. Uh, but first, we want to talk about Pizza Barn in Princeton, pizzabarnprinceton.com. Yeah, as you know, Jim, our good friend Jody Stay is the owner of the Pizza Barn in Princeton, and, and she and her crew do an outstanding job, whether you're dining in, taking out, using their great catering service or booking one of their food trucks for your event. Uh, there's a basketball angle here too. One of the, one of the best players for Princeton high school is Jody's son, Hayden. He's a senior. He's going to play football at the university of North Dakota. So he's a big young man. 
Um, and Princeton won down here in the state quarterfinals Tuesday. Jody and I were able to chat briefly before the game, and, and Hayden had 23 points, 16 rebounds. That's the team that knocked Austin into the consolation bracket. So Jody had a big family group here. They had lots of fun. And then I assume afterwards they headed home and had a, had a nice meal at the pizza barn. And uh, they'll be back here uh, Thursday. They'll play again. And if and then they'll play a game after that, either in the state championship game or the consolation. And uh, the pizza of the month uh, for March. And we're running out of March here. It's an annual favorite, the Reuben. It's just like the classic Reuben sandwich, but it's got it's made on the uh, Pizza Barn's own homemade pizza crust, classic Reuben ingredients, Thousand Island dressing, sauerkraut, corned beef, topped by Swiss and mozzarella. It's a fan favorite every March. And, and as always, thanks to the... Uh, Great folks at the Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yes, thank you to Jody Stay. That's really cool that her son's going on to a great, uh, great football school. Uh, let's also talk about TCO, one of our newer sponsors. Yeah, yeah, Twin Cities Orthopedics. We're we're thrilled to have them on board here. Uh, they're going to open a new state of the art clinic April fourth in Brooklyn Park. It's part of the six ten crossings development. It's north of the six ten off ramp, south of ninety sixth Avenue North. North, easy to get to. Patients will not only have access to first-class orthopedic care, but physical therapy, hand therapy, advanced imaging, and MRI, and pelvic health therapy will be available as well. And this is kind of this is kind of a great uh, neighborhood for TCO. They already have deep ties to the Brooklyn Park community. They're the official sports medicine provider for Park Center High School and also for Champlin Park High School. And uh, as they're uh, as their facility opens down the road a little bit, we're going to do a show from there, a live show on a Saturday. We'll talk about more in the future, but we're excited about that. All right, let's get to. You want to talk about adapted floor hockey, or did you have any yeah, more winter tournament? Let, no, let's let's go, let's go to, to adapted, adapted floor, floor hockey here. briefly. That was the other state tournament last week, along with girls basketball. Uh, this was held Friday and Saturday at Bloomington Jefferson. I'm always torn because I I'm trying to figure out how to be in two places at once. It's not that easy. I figured out. I'm not very smart, but I I figured out it's not easy to do. But let's offer our congratulations to the state champions in floor hockey, adapted floor hockey, the PI division champion, uh, the championship game, Dakota United wins, defeating Brainerd 5-2. to two. And in the CI division, New Prague is the state champion. They defeat Lakeville, Burnsville, Farmington 12-3. to three. So congrats to all those teams that, uh, that uh, made it to state and adapted floor hockey. It's always football season. What's your football note this week? <laughs> we have a football note. Um, I don't know that this is hugely surprising. Uh, Merrill Pavlovich has been the football coach at Delano High School for only 46 years, and he's decided to, to step aside. I've known Merrill a long time. I've been to games in Delano. I saw them play last fall, uh, season opening game at Chisago Lakes. He's kind of he's kind of under the radar. He, he's the fifth highest uh, winning coach in Minnesota football history, which the top four names, I think people know number one on the list is Mike Malin still coaching at Verndale. He's got 417 career wins. Uh, Ron Stolsky retired at Brainerd 389. Number three on the list, still coaching at Becker Dwight Lundeen 382. The fourth, a name we all know, Mike Grant from Eden Prairie, 368 career wins. And then Merrill, now now retired, Merrill Pravlovich from Delano, is fifth on that all-time list, 315 wins. 
he's had he's had great teams over the years. He's a he's a good guy and a good coach and uh, some pretty big shoes to fill there. Good stuff. Let's go to our most valuable teammate. Yeah, this is the weekly award we uh, we hand out at the high school league. We get nominations from all over the state. So let's let's congratulate Karan Abdullah of Minneapolis. Patrick Henry, he's a senior basketball player who sets a great example through his actions. Karan is a leader by example. He's not the loudest person in the room, but his actions stand out among his teammates. He has a genuine compassion for his team. Is always willing to step outside the box to make a difference. Congrats to Karan Abdullah of Minneapolis Henry on being selected as the latest most valuable teammate. Good stuff. We're going to thank a ref. Once again, thanks to Brianne Burdett, our producer. Thank you also to Pizza Barn and TCO. And uh, thanks to John for putting in all this work. Uh, Let's thank a ref to wrap up the show, John. Yeah, Jim, this was very, very cool. Saturday night in the Class 4A girls basketball state championship game, history was made. I had to double check this, but for the first time ever for, for a girls or boys state championship game, we had three female officials and they did a fantastic job. Uh, and their names are Ashley Deesting, Ann Nearing, Carol and Dirksen. I've seen them all work many times. That's the, that's the epitome of, of officiating. You get to work a state championship game in, in the biggest class that tells you how great these officials are. They got a nice, ovation from the crowd it was it was really fun Jim at the at the girls tournament you know this is the 50th year of title line we've talked about that to have Lisa Lissamore you know who who was on the very first class double a girls basketball state championship team in 1976 at St. Paul Central she and Joe Mauer's mom Teresa were on that team and and so we honored Lisa we had three female officials in the championship game we had a fantastic week of girls state basketball. So it, it was great. And that's a great way to end this show, honoring these three female officials who made history. Excellent stuff. Uh, John, thanks for all the hard work. Appreciate it. We'll be talking to you about some spring sports here coming up. Uh, again, thanks to everyone who listens to talknorth.com and uh, check out all the other shows at the website. Again, we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app and, uh, and we'll talk to you soon.